Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and with me as always is sam chung hello marissa so uh as you know but i think i probably cut this out of the last episode i'm in florida right now and so i took the opportunity of being in florida to try to start working out again something that i uh have not done probably since the summer of last year which is maybe like July. So it's been a good uh, seven or eight months since I've uh, done any form of exercise. And uh, I can I can report to you that everything hurts. You got to ease back into it. I cannot ease back into it. There's, well, I mean, I guess I, I, I am easing back into it just by nature of um, the fact that I, I physically cannot do things that I could once do. Um, so (laughs) I guess if that's the qualifier for easing back into it, you know, no, because like, this is what you do. It's like every, I don't know, let's say four to five months. You're like, I'm going to be fit now. I will exercise. And then you just like go ham for two weeks. You buy a bow, you do all this, you do all this like shenanigans. And then you're like, eh, that's enough. I'm hurt, I'm tired, I'm hungry, and I wish they'd vote me off this island. Yeah. Is that how you feel? A little bit. I have also been exercising, um, though I have been trying to at least more semi-regularly than you have. I like my 30-day yoga challenges to kick off a new year, and yesterday I did my personal best time for the mile run and it's not a great time but it's my best time and i am proud of it oh yeah are you going to disclose yeah. what that time was sure yeah it was 11:23 my goal is to get um like if i could do a 10 minute mile by the end of the year mm-hmm. i will be so proud of myself there was one point at which you wanted both of us to do a 5k i really did i think it was like right before we couldn't <laughs> do things anymore that was one of my 2020 goals yeah i was gonna say a goal that never ended up materializing is the is the goal now to do the 10 minute mile or the 5k because i feel like those are kind of two different goals i'm working on mile time right now i mean i despise running so the fact that this is even a conversation we're having is wild but my options are very limited right now i want a peloton as soon as I am able to get one and we have our own place and we have a place for it. Like that is going to be a consideration when we move. Like, is there a spot for a Peloton? This, this podcast is not in any way associated <laughs> with Peloton. You just. No, every, I feel like every week I see someone new that I know, like in my life, get a Peloton. And every time I'm just like, ugh, I want one. The alternative, I guess, would be to move somewhere warmer and then just bicycle 
No, cycling, like spin and riding a bike is two different forms of exercise. Okay. Anyways, Sam, what have you been watching without me? Because we are currently uh, in separate locations, I have been able to dive more into shows that I like that perhaps you do not like. And so one of those shows that I have recently gotten into is the most recent season of Fargo, which I actually hadn't seen yet. And so I started watching that. I'm about halfway through it right now. I know that, or I had heard rather going into it that, you know, there had been kind of mixed reviews about it, but so far I'm liking it. A little weird, perhaps, that it doesn't take place in Fargo. It takes place in Missouri. But I guess at this point, Fargo is really more of an idea. It's a concept. Overall, I'm liking it. You know, I like me some Timothy Oliphant. I like me some Chris Rock. Cool. Sam gets gritty and I just revert to childhood because I am currently watching Tangled, the series on Disney Plus, and it is adorable and charming and the complexity of the storytelling that's happening is just superb. I don't only get gritty. I've also been watching some more episodes of How To with John Wilson. I believe I tried to make you watch one episode of that and uh, you didn't really get through the whole thing. It's just a very kind of avant-garde style of program that uh, I really enjoy, and I think it's hilarious. Sam, have you heard of Y2K fashion? Uh, no. It is all the rage on TikTok. The TikTok teens have declared that Y2K early 2000s fashion is back. They are styling looks, and they are right on the pulse with Lizzie McGuire. You know what else the TikTok teens declared? That um, your favorite emoji is is no longer a good emoji to use. It just means you're old. It's so weird, though, because like the media likes to depict these like generational wars between like Gen Z and millennial now. But so many Gen Z and millennials were all just like in our 20s, just like doing our best, though. I, I, I was rattled by the middle part being in and side parts being out Mm. are you gonna change your look i've been experimenting but i feel like there's (laughs) nothing worse than like being an old person who's trying to be young so uh okay but like i i'm still i still insist that we are on the cusp we don't really fit solidly into either generation no we do we disagree on this I feel like you want you you just want very badly to be unique. <laughs> but no, we firmly fall into the millennial category. But like some millennials, the oldest millennials are almost 40. Yes. And we're 25. Yes. I mean, we're right in, I'm just saying we're we're cusp. We're right in the middle. If you're born if you were born in 1995, you're still a millennial. So you'd rather be a baby millennial than a grandma Gen Z. I mean, if that was even a debate to have, I don't know that I would really lean one way or another, but I don't even need to make that (laughs) distinction because we just are in the millennial generation. Like, (laughs) that's just the way it is. I think that I think that I have an identity crisis about it. And because I don't feel strongly one way or the other either. Like, I do feel like there is this like middle space for like, 1995 1996 like we're like the last we're the last group of people who remember 9-11 and like remember life before smartphones i think you just have to accept who you are (laughs) 
Marissa, you are old. <laughs> you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to squeeze your way into this younger generation. I'm really not, though. Like, I definitely don't want to be a teenager again. I'm very Did, did you or did happy. you not just confess to playing with your part? Yeah, but that's style. That's not, like, I'm not just seeing teenagers do that. Everything cycles. Okay. This is a big episode for us, and I feel like we should have started with this, but you were very insistent on starting with your old kneecaps. If you were in um, pain, you would, <laughs> you would want to talk about it too. <laughs> but this episode marks the one-year anniversary of the podcast. We've been doing this for a whole year. Wow. It's crazy that we've been doing this for an entire year. Did anybody get us a cake? That I can promptly, uh, you know, have my face pressed into. I wish. Um, I, I prefer chocolate cake. but Like Kate? It, <laughs> yes. And if anybody ever gets me a strawberry cake, I will <laughs> flip out because <laughs> this is, and this is a firm belief that I have. Fruit and vegetables do not belong in cake. Get your strawberry cake, get your carrot cake. Get all of those cakes out of here. No one wants vegetables in their cake. Oh, you are so wrong. I, I am not wrong. You are so wrong. No, get me a chocolate cake, Amy. Sam, I think we have some <laughs> I think we have some fundamental differences in worldviews that I'm really wrestling with right now. Yeah, mine is the correct one. I'm a millennial who likes chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> You are a nebulous generation who just likes <laughs> nebulous cakes. <laughs> that's what I that's what I'm taking away from this. I, I like all cakes. I don't discriminate. <laughs> but yeah, a whole year. That's very impressive that we've been doing this for a whole year. I believe, you know, it's when we started this a year ago, we we looked forward and we were like, we'll be doing this for a while. There's so much Lizzie McGuire to talk about. But now that we've been doing this for a year, looking at the year ahead, the end, it feels like, is in sight, and now we've come to the point where we're going to have to do some serious brainstorming about the longevity of this podcast and, and what coming to the end of the podcast means for the, the, the future of, of this, this body of work. It's, it's going to be weird. You know, we started this podcast with the intent of there being a whole new show to cover and to be able to continue to talk about Lizzie McGuire, but... You know, as we have discussed, that is no longer the case. Fine, squash my dreams. Pretty much. But it's it's very commendable that we have made it to one year in the podcast because I, I, I read a lot when we were starting out that, you know, just staying consistent is the hardest part of having a podcast. And a lot of podcasts kind of fade out early when they when they get discouraged. And we perhaps had among the most discouraging of journeys because we started off strong. And then the pandemic hit, and obviously that impacted listenership. But, you know, we stuck through it, and we're very glad that our listeners stuck through it as well. And we're still here, and we're still kicking, similar to uh, the great Miranda Sanchez. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. For me, in the early days of 2020, I feel like this podcast was really a lifeline for me. It, it kept me on track when all the days started to blend together. It was like, okay, well, it's Saturday, time to do a podcast. And it provided a little bit of structure at, during a time where every piece of structure that we knew was just crumbling around us. 
No, I definitely agree with that. It's crazy. Well, you know, you know what's even more crazy is that I feel like it took an entire year for me to get two episodes back to back that I enjoyed. Whoa. <laughs> that feels like bigger news than... <laughs> yes, because obviously we documented that I enjoyed the last episode and I also enjoyed this episode. It, it's some sort of record. Yeah, this was another fun episode. You know me, I love a Kate-heavy episode. I love discussing everything to do with Kate Sanders. Um, And today we get her 14th, but, you know, actually her 15th birthday party. And I really thought that that was going to go unaddressed in the opening scene. And I'm really glad that Joe McGuire came through at the end to remind us. But yeah, let's jump in. Let's do it. Today, we are going to be talking about Lizzie McGuire, Season 2, Episode 18, Party Over Here. In this episode, Lizzie, Miranda, and Gordo sneak off to an unchaperoned party at Kate's. The partygoers are much older than them, and when things start to get out of hand, they get worried. This episode aired on September 20th, 2002. I feel like uh, it's just got to be said right off the bat. But I was not prepared for Zachary Quinto to show up in Lizzie McGuire, and it was the most (laughs) pleasant surprise. (laughs) I totally forgot about his cameo. We got a lot of cameos. We got Zachary Quinto. We got our Haley Duff appearance as cousin Amy. No offense to (laughs) Haley Duff, but like, has Haley Duff gone on to have a body of work, the breadth of a of a Zachary Quinto? I will say Zachary Quinto. Uh, when I was in college, I was lucky enough to get one of those passes to the Tribeca Film Festival in New York, and it let me see pretty much any movie that I wanted to. And my favorite movie at Tribeca by far that year was a, a little film called Aardvark, uh, which starred Zachary Quinto and Jenny Slate. Yeah, no, I'm a big, big fan of, of Zachary Quinto. Yeah, how, how was Zachary Quinto as commercial director? Let me just say that I wish that I had had this clip so many times. People, you're not making me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you have it for the remaining, how many episodes do we have left? Like 14 episodes. (laughs) Yes. And this is, this will become a permanent fixture on my soundboard. I just. We wouldn't even need a podcast some weeks. You would just play that clip, drop (laughs) your mic, walk away. (laughs) This was actually, uh, so I'm on Zachary Quinto's IMDb page. This is his fifth credit. Wow. This was, you know, one of his earliest works. Who could have foreseen? Who would have thought? Has the shock subsided? Are you ready to jump into the episode? Yeah, we can, we can jump in. So we start this episode at school and Lizzie loves the fall. And this very first sequence was just so hilarious to me because there is just an obscene amount of leaves on the ground and they all just like kick the leaves. I was like, wow, they just really love that Southern California fall, the foliage, the leaves. (laughs) So one one of the reasons why Lizzie loves the fall is that all the ducks leave and it just made me wonder, what does she have against ducks? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It also marks the return of Corduroy, which made me chuckle. Mm, yes. Gordo for the second episode out here talking about change. 
I feel like Gordo is probably one of those kids who is like checking the mirror every day to see if his mustache is coming in. <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's just not. It's like one of these days I will get one. I will get a little hair right above my lip and that'll be the start. <laughs> when was that day for you? I think I was born with a mustache, honestly. You know, you say that, but like you were not. Yeah, I think I was. Yeah, in in over eight years together, I have never seen you without your mustache. Oh, that's because I actually don't have an upper lip. If you shave it off, you'll just see my <laughs> all my teeth. It's very embarrassing. <laughs> that is not true. All right, I will shave, and you'll let your mustache grow out fully. Ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Kate shows up. A pleasant surprise. It has been. Far too long since Kate has graced our screen. This is just such a wild opening scene to me because she has um, an acapella group following her around, singing an invitation to her birthday party. And they're all wearing like matching shirts. It's a whole, it's a whole production. Yeah, this is unlike any acapella group that I've ever seen. Um, it's not like a barbershop quartet. It's kind of more like poetry. I don't even know, but I did like this opening line from Kate. Kate had a lot of good one-liners, and uh, this was one of them. Here's Lizzie and her little friends, whoever and whatever. <laughs> I did write that down. Thank you for <laughs> clipping it. Yeah, but you know what? The Whatever the situation, it's working because everybody at the school is chanting Kate's name, and you know what? At Kate's party, you get a cell phone. She's like Oprah up in here. You get a cell phone. And you get a cell phone. And you get a cell phone. Everybody gets a cell phone. I know. With long distance. <laughs> with long distance. Oh, boy. <laughs> what kind of phone do we think it is? Do we think it's like a razor? Uh, what, what does that even mean? A razor? Did they have razors in 2002? Or am I, am I a little too early? You might be a little early. Oof. I feel like razors were the phone when we were in middle school. No, but it's it's so interesting because we never really get a sense of like we get so much into Kate in this episode in terms of we get a picture of her home life for the first time or like kind of lack thereof. And I'm just like cell phones is what does Kate's family do? Is she rolling in it? Like what is her situation? So it looks like the top selling phone from 2002 would have been either uh, the Nokia 6100, the Nokia 6610, or the Nokia 3510. Yeah, wow. They just kind of look like a landline. Yeah, I don't even think phones were really texting yet in 2002, or it was like very, very rudimentary. Um, but that that basically sums up the opening scene. And we cut to the theme song. But it is important to note that Lizzie is like, eh, about the party until she hears about the cell phones. Lizzie McGuire wants a cell phone. She will be at that party. I would, I would, no go, to this, I would go to the party for a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that too. Except no, she is not because Joe is like, LOL, no. I feel like the parenting choices in the series in general is kind of all over the place. But Joe McGuire is firmly strict mom in this episode. 
Elizabeth Brooke McGuire. That tone has grounded written all over it. I mean, in all fairness, it did. Like, Lizzie was really, really whining. Like, she wasn't playing it cool at all. Now that I'm thinking more about the the structure of this episode, this episode was kind of just a mishmash of a bunch of episodes that we've seen in the past. Oh my god, it's like if you took the episode where they, oh, they snuck out to see Aaron Carter, and then you combine it with the episode where Kate plans a party at the school, a dance at the school, and nobody comes, you end up with this episode. Yeah, plus Matt trying out for a commercial. I mean, this is what, like seven out of the last 10 episodes where Matt is, do- is on TV for some reason? <laughs> no, you're so right. It's, it is a giant mismatch of a lot of things, but it all, it all worked in this episode, I think. Well, the reason it worked is because it got, you know, a little bit deeper. For the most part, a lot of the characters made choices that were consistent with who they were. And they were self-aware. You know what? I liked the self-awareness. And we can talk more about Gordo at a later point where it becomes relevant. But I felt like his self-awareness was very um, apropos. I would agree. So, yes, Lizzie McGuire wants to go to this party. Elizabeth Brooke McGuire. But Kate's mom, according to Joe, and her have very different ideas of what's appropriate. Lizzie's like, yeah, because Kate's mom trusts her. I guess the, th- the thesis you could say of this episode, the guiding phrase, what is this episode about? It, it really comes in this scene where Joe says, why are you in such a hurry to grow up? Can't you just be happy being a kid? We can say that that is perhaps Joe's thesis, but was Joe never a kid? <laughs> like, I just going to sneaking to a party is... A very kid thing to do. Like, what adult is going to be like, you know what I really want to do right now? Sneak over to a house party. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever sneak to a party? Um, No, because similar to Gordo, I was always allowed to go to the party. No one ever suspected that I would ever do anything suspicious. I feel like I know the answer, but did you ever sneak to a party? (laughs) No. I wasn't even invited to parties. Ooh. No, but that to me, that's what this episode is about, right? Because you get to the end of the episode and like jumping ahead. But Lizzie and Miranda and Gordo realize quickly that they're way in over their heads and they need they need an adult like they are still kids. So that's kind of what I meant by that. Um, so now we're interrupted by Matt and Sam. And once again, Matt McGuire is going to be on TV. You know, that was actually very, very clever. Yeah, a lot of good Matt lines in this episode. But yeah, they are going to be the new spokespeople for Cardio Punch Sports Drink. I don't know why, but Joe thinks that she's also involved in this. I guess because it was like Spokes Family was one of the words that was used. But it's actually Spokes Dad and Spokes Matt. How many times has this happened where Joe really wants to be involved in something and then they just won't let her? It's a guy thing. I mean, it, it, it's a guy thing this time. But for example, what was the, I feel like the last time this happened involved Lizzie in some capacity, right? Oh yeah. Didn't Joe want to be in the music video? Yeah, she wanted to be in <laughs> Gordo's music video. And they were like, Joe, no. So no. maybe we can flip this thesis on its head and be like, Joe, stop trying to be a kid. You need to be an adult. <laughs> maybe. Um, we learn from Joe that Sam McGuire is extremely camera shy. 
so much to talk about with Sam McGuire in this episode, but when he first comes in and they're talking about how they're going to be the sport, uh, the spokespeople for this sports drink, I immediately got very excited because I was like, oh my God, Sam finally has a job. <laughs> nope. But yeah, I feel like this is news that he is a camera shy individual. Yeah, so much so that he forgot to say I do at his own wedding when he saw the camera. But yeah, it's a dynamic that we've seen play out throughout the series, but it's very explicit in this episode of like Sam is the fun parent and Joe is not. She is the strict parent. Um, Joe name drops cousin Riri because cousin Riri <laughs> was the filmographer at the wedding. And I'm wondering if cousin Riri is Sam's cousin or Joe's cousin. We'll never know. And why does everybody's cousin need to have the cousin qualifier? Like cousin Riri, cousin Amy. <laughs> also, I mean, cousin Amy, like cousin Amy has taken a whole new meaning because of, you know, there's a there's a more impactful cousin Amy now in the zeitgeist. But I just thought it was funny that, you know, everybody has to qualify that so and so is a cousin. You can't just call them by their name. It's so it's such a strange like TV exposition thing, because never in my life have I referred to any of my cousins as <laughs> cousin name. Yeah, as soon as you do that, it just gets weird. I can't explain why it's weird. <laughs> but you're like, are you excited to see cousin XYZ? And you're like, ah, I don't like that. So we cut to school the next day, and Lizzie is venting about not being able to go to the party. Uh, Miranda can't go either. Her mom doesn't agree with how Kate's mom raises children, which is awfully judgmental. And Gordo can go. Um, his parents think that he is so good. He can never get into trouble. And Gordo wants to rebel against this a little bit. He's like, I can make trouble. I have a dark side. And then he just litters. Yeah, he, he throws a <laughs> soda can that hits another kid right in the face. And um, Miranda's plan is that they, they can just go anyways. What if we just go? But before that, oh my goodness, I wrote this down. I was like, this is honestly triggering. Like when Lizzie McGuire says... Why should we have to suffer to execute our constitutional right to the pursuit of happiness? It's un-American. As like, Lizzie McGuire, you were being such a Karen. I mean, it's it's the same like, you know, yelling fire in a crowded theater logic of like, oh, why are they violating my First Amendment right? Like, I feel like these people really need to brush up on their constitutional history. Just like, it's un-American hits very differently in 2021. But yeah, so we end that scene on a note of potential rebellion. Oh, so we cut to the commercial. And my favorite, my favorite guy, Zachary Quinto, is here. This is literally my note. All right, so Matt and Sam arrive, and Sam is freaking out. Uh, they sign in, and Matt's excited. Steve, the director, and woman, wait, is that Zachary Quinto? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt and Sam are at the doorway of stardom. And uh, all they have to do is climb up a rock wall. Now, Marissa, your sister and her boyfriend are avid rock climbers. Have they taught you anything about rock climbing that you feel you can apply in this situation? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I stayed with them actually on my drive down to Florida, and I talked with uh, your sister's boyfriend a little bit about rock climbing because it is such a passion of his. and. He knows a lot about rock climbing that I will likely never know because I can't even run without hurting my knees. <laughs> they are very hype on us also becoming rock climbers once 
it's safe to go. As a young child, I really enjoyed rock climbing. Like when you went to, I feel like this only ever happened when you went to like someone's gymnastics party, but there would always yeah. be like a rock wall with like a foam pit underneath. And I used to really enjoy it then. But, you know, granted, that was a very small rock wall. And you were a very small person. That's true. I, I weighed so little that I needed very little upper body strength to, to propel myself up the wall. I think I hurt now, but I can just imagine one day of rock climbing. <laughs> but yeah, they make it look really easy on Lizzie McGuire. But there's, there's, there's two types. There's the type with the harness, which is what we see on the show. And there's also bouldering, which is what my sister and her boyfriend do. And they're not even, they're not even harnessed. They just go. Um, it's not high walls. It's just difficult. Well, yeah, because, you know, you have to clip into the wall or clip into the wall itself. And then this is what this is what um, your sister's boyfriend was telling me that, like, then you'll need to be going like if you're you climbing, invert, you go inverted. Yeah, because if you're climbing, you're at what? What is this like a 90? But then you start tilting and now you really have to support your body weight with your with your arms. Mm, I don't know about yeah. that. <laughs> Upper body strength is not my forte. So I would have a lot of conditioning to do to be ready. But we're, we're, we're getting off the beaten path here, Sam. Let's reel it in. Okay. Back to Lizzie McGuire. Back to Lizzie herself. Lizzie is falling apart at the concept of a lie, which we've seen before. This isn't a new story by any stretch. Uh, but don't worry. Miranda has a plan. Her plan is mall bus party bus mall flawless perfect plan and gordo surprise is actually here as well so he told his parents that he wasn't going to the party tonight they think that he is at miranda's house now marissa why would gordo say that he is going to miranda's house because he's bad but why would he say he's going to miranda's house rather than lizzie's house because he's bad <laughs> okay, you're clearly not picking up <laughs> what I I'm... am not taking your leading question <laughs> down that path. Okay, all right. Before they leave, Joe is like, I'm sorry that I wouldn't let you go to the party. You must think that Once again, I'm the worst mother in the world. <laughs> um, but you know what? Here's ten dollars so you can buy a big cookie. A big cookie. And you know what it probably will be? A chocolate cookie, not a strawberry cookie. Because who would buy a strawberry cookie? Okay, Sam, you need to <laughs> calm down. Now Lizzie is starting to feel guilty. She is the worst daughter who ever lived. And then we get our episode montage, which is getting to the mall, changing for the party in the bathroom, in the public bathroom, doing their makeup, getting on the bus, and then we've arrived. So one, one thing that I had to note about this montage that really goes very unaddressed is that Miranda and Lizzie are getting ready to go in the bathroom and Gordo is outside the bathroom waiting and he's getting very impatient because he doesn't have to, you know, to do anything to get ready. And so he knocks on the door of the bathroom to be like, you know, how much longer is it going to take? And then this adult woman comes out of the bathroom and like assaults him. And I was like, why, why did that just happen? That was one of... Many questionable things that happen in this episode. Yeah, she comes out just like hits him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so unnecessary, so inappropriate, just like did not need to happen. No. Like, what are we supposed to take from that? I guess like Gordo just has a very punchable face. 
Was it supposed to be like she thinks he's creepy for lurking outside of a Yeah, I think that's bathroom? what they were that's what they were going for, I guess. But But it he's just still looked like, like an adult hitting a child. <laughs> just looked like child abuse assault. Yeah. But that's in the past. We are now at Kate's house. Lizzie's still in her, you know, typical Lizzie guilty feelings. Gordo's not. Gordo's going to have a good time because he's bad. And Lizzie's like, no, because you're allowed to be here. Like, calm down, Gordo. So they enter Kate's house. And what is happening is every stereotype that we've seen before about what a high school party is and looks like on TV. That's very generous. This is like the tamest version of a high school party. There's zero drugs. There's zero alcohol. Everything that they're doing is very, very harmless. Like, there are these high school people blowing bubbles. Well, it's very rowdy, but I would also say that there is a lot of subtext. They didn't explicitly show alcohol because it was Disney Channel, but, like, you could deduce. I think the bubbles were a metaphor, you know? Like, I think that... I mean, if anything was a metaphor, it was probably that guy just trying to eat peanut butter directly out of the jar and then (laughs) (laughs) spilling it all over himself. Like that guy has definitely smoked a little bit tonight. Yeah, there was some there were some or there were some edibles happening. You know, there was some stuff going on. Who just who just blows bubbles like something? I think it was a party. I think it was. (laughs) You have said that, you know, high school parties were not your scene, but I can I can assure you. That seven minutes in heaven was not <laughs> at any party that I ever attended. Yeah. So hold on. I want to go through the sequence of this party because it's just so they enter immediately to supposedly high school guys, but actually look like full grown men just like pick up Lizzie and she's crowd surfing. It's very like reminiscent of the Frankie Muniz, I called it like human chain Frankie Muniz 2.0 because it was just like, Lizzie, take my hand. Let me rescue you. And then we see cousin Amy, a.k.a. Haley Duff, a few minutes into her seven minutes in heaven. Yeah. Okay. So why is this Haley Duff? Why is she here? Because she's Hillary's sister. I don't know. I just feel like it's weird that you would take Haley Duff and then make her Kate's cousin. It just feels like a weird way to utilize the sister of your lead. When she so clearly looks like the sister of Hilary Duff. Yeah, it was very strange. It's also like, (laughs) this is the the best way we can utilize her as like the negligent cousin. Yeah, it, it was really interesting to see the show try to go more, like go high school a little more mature, but like not actually being able to fully go there because it's, you know, the audience and because it was Disney Channel. It it felt very, like you said, sanitized, but with subtext. So it was it was interesting to see how they did that and what they could get away with or couldn't in 2002. Um, And thinking about how far the network has come since in terms of depicting teenagers a little, maybe a little bit more realistically. Like the party scenes in High School Musical, the musical, the series. That was more my speed. That felt more like what an actual high school party looked like. Ten friends hanging out and playing a board game. Yes. (laughs) Those were my parties. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get all the theater kids all together. 
and play High School Musical the Chusical. I'm like, yes, those are my people. <laughs> so party started. We cut back to the commercial shoot, which again, like timeline logistics stuff doesn't really make sense to me. So this party is happening at night and this commercial shoot is also happening at night. I don't know. I mean, the pacing of the B story in general didn't really make much sense because I feel like it ended so early in the episode. And then they had to fill like probably the last seven to eight minutes of the episode with the party. But um, yeah, basically this scene is just Zachary Quinto running through what he wants from Sam and Matt in the commercial. And if it, if it doesn't look good, they'll fix it in editing. Which no big deal. They need a new editor, can I just say. The commercial editor? Are you referring to the commercial at the end? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's real um, bad. I think, I think it's fantastic. I think it made, the enti- it made the entire episode. I was like, this is marvelous. Okay, back to the party. No one from school is at Kate's party, mind you. Like, we don't see any Claire. We don't see any, we don't see Ethan. We don't see anybody that you would expect to see at a Kate party. It's just all of these men with beards. And they are now hiding in the, in the seven minutes in heaven closet. So their plan now is that they are going to ditch and just go back to the mall, get their cookie. This is too much for them. They realize that really quickly they are a little bit in over their heads here and they feel uncomfortable. And I, quite frankly, I think they feel unsafe. You mean because Lizzie was picked up and then just carried across the room by random strangers? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they're going to try and leave. They have their exit all planned out, but Kate really wants them to stay. Kate's in a, Kate, Kate's feeling a little iffy about this party because, as you said, none of her friends came, presumably for the same reason that, you know, Joe didn't want Lizzie to go or Miranda didn't, or Miranda's mom didn't want Miranda to go. So before uh, they can leave, Kate brings them over and we get the cake that we mentioned before. It's just on a dolly that's being wheeled around. <laughs> Because I guess that's something that they have at the house. It's just a, a little cart to roll around cake. And we learn that Kate has wanted a chocolate cake, but Cousin Amy remembered that Kate wanted a chocolate cake, but instead got strawberry because Cousin Amy prefers strawberry cake. And Cousin Amy is a bad person. She's a bad cousin. So does Cousin Amy live with them? Or is Cousin Amy just here in a chaperoning capacity? Like, why I is Cousin Amy she's- even there? I believe she's there to, yeah, to be there with Kate as a, I want to say babysitter almost. Like, it seems like Kate's mom pieced out abruptly. And it's like, oh, here's Cousin Amy's an adult. She can handle it. Um, Are we going to keep calling her Cousin Amy the entire episode? That's her name. What else would you call her? (laughs) Just Amy? No, she's very clearly Cousin Amy. Okay. One thing that you kind of um, skipped over that I noted was that when their plan to leave is foiled because of Kate and she opens the closet door and she says your seven minutes was up 10 minutes ago the way that can be interpreted I guess but there's three of them so technically wouldn't they get 21 minutes (laughs) at at least 14 no it would be 21 minutes (laughs) there's three pairs of people I was like oh my goodness that was a a little bit of a provocative line. So they should still have four more minutes. It's like, gosh, what did Kate think was happening in the closet? Good question. Um, but yeah, the scene basically ends with Kate 
she just has food all over her face again. And this a is very this, common thing. Is this for always Kate. the punchline? <laughs> yeah, Kate is always ruining her hair and makeup with food. That is how you get one in on Kate. Lizzie's like the, the scene ends where Lizzie's like, nobody deserves that on their birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Any other day, it would be fine. On a birthday, no. Now we're back on the rock wall, and Sam McGuire is not doing too hot. Yeah. He had a bad rope climbing incident as a child, and he is extremely triggered. Sam McGuire has so much trauma. He's afraid of cameras. He's afraid of heights. All, I'm learning so much about Sam McGuire in this episode, honestly. Yeah. Um, Zachary Quinto is not having it um, and really just starts saying really degrading and unnecessary insults. Didn't love that from Zachary Quinto, but at the same time, I understand that he is, it's not Zachary Quinto saying these things. It's just the character that he portrays. Yeah, there was just like insulting his intelligence and really unnecessary fat phobia that didn't need to happen. But Matt McGuire is not having it. Dad, you didn't have to do this for me. I know, but I wanted to. Hey, you up there, are you scared or just stupid? What did you just say? I wasn't talking to you, kid. I was talking to the 180 pounds of useless fat hanging next to you. That's it. Dad, I'll be back. <laughs> hey, buddy, that's the best dad in the world hanging up there, and you weren't even good enough to point your little cameras at him. So listen up. This is how it's going to work. You're going to stop yelling at my dad, and I'll let you keep your kneecaps. Yes? Yes. Now, cut him loose, get me a blended, and that's a wrap. <laughs> Let's hear it for my dad! <laughs> Did you get that? Matt McGuire also picked up against his will in this episode. Uh, he liked it. I, I, I also forgot about the Terminator. I'll be back. Reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Matt McGuire, that was Matt McGuire's submission for uh, consideration to be MVP this episode. And you know what? He, he got my attention. Yeah. It's just like such a great episode for Matt McGuire. Like he really is just like the, all of the ambition in Lizzie McGuire lives within Matt McGuire and all the heart and like, the fact that he had the emotional maturity to be like, as an 11 year old, to be like, wait a second, like my dad is scared right now. He didn't need to do this. Like he, he reacted in such like a mature way. Yeah. Here's Matt McGuire, the adult. Meanwhile, Lizzie McGuire can't leave a party, so she needs to call her mom to come rescue her. But- First, we have to have the, you know, little heart to heart. Well, it's not even really a heart to heart. It kind of is. The moment between Lizzie and Kate. There's always a moment in a Kate-focused episode where it's just Lizzie and Kate. There wasn't really any queer subtext in this episode, which was disappointing, but Kate was going through it, so. I mean, there was something much darker, which is the fact that her mom is clearly like a negligent mother. <laughs> It's Kate's birthday, and her mom is basically just like, peace out. And it's unclear whether she's gone for just the evening or she's gone for like weeks. Yeah, it's very vague. We talk about this, 
how society tells us that our one of our goals in life should be to be a parent and to have children but like not everybody should be a parent (laughs) like not everybody is cut out for it there are a lot of people who I think have kids who are think they, they do it because they think they should and then aren't actually cut out for it yeah, I mean, I can just imagine um, the Joe McGuire response to this because, you know, her response to learning that Miranda had an eating disorder was, well, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. And I imagine that's going to be her approach here as well with Kate and her entire situation with her mom. And I guess no dad? Unclear if Kate has a dad. Yeah, it's really unclear what is going on. And everything that we get is still pretty vague. Um, And this is really the first glimpse we've had into Kate's home life. Um, Everything about Kate's past up until this point um, and just Kate's life outside of, you know, being the villain in this story has always been in the context of who she is to Lizzie and like their friendship backstory. Um, So this was really the first little bit we got into Kate as a protagonist, like a POV scene. Yeah, and it wasn't enough. I'm worried about her. <laughs> we needed I'm, more. I'm really... There's so many questions that I have now that I didn't have before, but I don't think Kate's okay. Someone needs to come and help Kate out in her living situation. Yeah, I'm really worried about her. Because I'm sorry, Cousin Amy is not going to cut it. Yeah, it's it's really... It's like the show almost goes there, but like it never quite goes far enough, right? Like, I just have more questions than I had before. Yeah, and I'm assuming they'll, they will never be answered. You'll just have to wait for me to write like, my, yeah. my Kate Sanders IP. I know, you have a lot to really explore and answer for in that IP. But yeah, you know what's crazy? We saw Claire's mother in like the fourth or fifth episode, and here we are still waiting to see Kate's mother. And clearly we're not going to. No, it was really heartbreaking to watch, like... Her just like begging for her mom to come home. Like she wants what Lizzie has, right? Like she wants that security and that parental figure. And like, I think Lizzie's realizing that, like, I feel like she's almost realizing that in this moment too. Yeah. So Kate, none of Kate's friends could come over because, you know, their parents all viewed this the same way that uh, Joe viewed it. And now Kate's all alone on her birthday with a bunch of people she doesn't know. All she wanted to do was have a couple friends come over and they could all watch a movie together. And this is the opening that Lizzie needs to be like, you want to hang out with us? Yeah, that's like the saddest part of all, right? It's like she she just wanted to have a low-key thing. And then the way the show writes it, it's that her mom kind of convinced her to have a more grown-up party and then just totally ditched. It's very strange. It's super strange. Like, what does that mean? Have, um, what does that even mean, have a grown-up party? I don't know. Oh, apparently, what's happening, you know, blowing bubbles and... <laughs> and seven minutes throwing, in heaven. Throwing glass statues around, playing keep away. Fighting with umbrellas. Yeah. But then Lizzie is like, I have the perfect idea. And it's a bad idea. Yeah. Lizzie is going to call her mom. And here's the thing. Joe's going to see what a responsible individual I am for lying to her and then coming to this party. And uh, she's just going to be like, you're so mature. You're not going to get in trouble. Ha. (laughs) I think it's Gordo who's like, that literally never works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Gordo is very on point in this episode. 
so yes, Lizzie calls her mom. We get a Joe POV um, where we only see Joe's side of the conversation. And she's like, it's a very, like, she's crying on the couch, like eating ice cream, presumably watching a movie. She's all alone and she is more than ready. Um, this has lit a fire under her. She will be there. Could Lizzie have just called the police? Why call the police when you could call <laughs> your mother? <laughs> just for the drama. You know, the off chance that the cops you end up getting are just uh, Seth Rogen and Bill Hader from Superbad. Joe arrives. She is right. This is the moment she's been waiting for. So basically they're like, Joe, go off. And there's another montage. I thought her approach was interesting because the first thing she starts doing is cleaning while everybody is still partying. I know. <laughs> Like, shouldn't you get everybody out first and, and then start cleaning? You, it feels like you're doing this backwards. It's it like did. It's like shoveling your driveway, but it's still snowing. A lot of people do that. Yeah. My dad kept doing that. I don't know why he would do that. It's easier when there's less. Is it? Then you only have to do it once. But eventually, you know, we have to have this sort of like montage. Like, it's less of a montage though, right? It's more of a like, everything's at 2x. She's kind of like speeding around. That's still a montage. Okay, so we have our second montage. And eventually, Joe pulls the plug. And again, it's so funny, like the way that Disney Channel writers, you know, she's like, you don't have to go home, but you have to get the heck out of here. Okay, mom. I know, cousin Amy's like, excuse me, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I am your worst nightmare. I am a mother on a mission. Everyone starts to, you know, file out. And my question here is, like, I do believe that they were all drinking at this party. And, like, is that, eh, it's like, eh, it's it's questionable. Oh, like, just go drive home? Yeah. Wasn't there even a comment about, like, be careful driving or something? Yeah, I think Gordo says something like that. Yeah, because that's what triggered my thought was, like, should they be driving? This feels problematic maybe i just didn't take note of this but now i feel like i don't remember did kate actually go with them to the movies or to the mall whatever or did she stay at her house alone now lizzie and miranda and gordo were all immediately grounded so i don't think there was a movie oh i think they all just went home so everybody went home and now kate's home alone joe mcguire's like what a way to celebrate your 15th birthday huh and i was like good one joe yeah actually my 14th yeah kate thanks lizzie and then it's that thing we always get right it's like where then she immediately snaps back glad that's behind us what a dirk um next scene which again timelines because they churned out this commercial very quickly if we are to assume that Everyone is still grounded. Like, this feels like it was, like, very shortly after the party. I mean, it looks like something that was put out very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) So that Um, actually rang a little bit true. Yeah, so everyone is grounded. Gordo is at home doing homework. He is no longer bad. And I feel like you wanted to talk a bit about Gordo's self-awareness, and we didn't really get into it. No, I mean, I just thought that the, the whole realizing the way that he's portrayed or perceived by others and then trying to flip that on its head. But, you know, you really can't, you can, you can try as much as you want, Gordo, but at the end of the day, those Gordo tendencies that you have, just they're, they're ingrained within you. I thought that was a, a good touch. I agree. 
So then Lizzie has to go and she has to watch the commercial. And like, I don't know, man, I wrote my notes on the commercial. They, they're not even content notes. They're just like reaction notes. And it's like, this is hilarious. A plus cinema. I love it so much. It is so badly dubbed. Oh, yeah, they don't even they, try to like don't make even his try. voice match what his mouth is doing. And there's like an animated cartoon dragon. That just makes no sense. Basically, the purpose of the dragon is to cover up Sam McGuire falling off the wall. Um, but then they do these, they have these other angles where it's just like a side view of Matt, but the background is slow, so sloppy. It's like this, <laughs> just what you wouldn't see in the commercial, which is basically just a bunch of ladders and other miscellaneous equipment. And it's, it's a bad, it's a bad commercial. It's a, it's a bad product. It did not make me want to go buy, um, what's the product again? Something punch. Cardio punch. Cardio punch. <laughs> And I'm probably the person who needs some cardio punch sports <laughs> drink to, you know, just punch my cardio back into shape. But yeah, no, it was, uh, it was pretty sloppy. That's how the episode ends. Yeah, it was a fun episode. The more we talked about it, the more I realized I do have several fundamental problems with it. Primarily, most of them center around everything to do with Kate and her living situation. But, you know, I thought that the overall, the good moments, so Matt sticking up for his dad, Lizzie trying to be a good friend. Gordo's one-liners. And, you know, there's that scene at the end of the party where he's just, like, shoveling cake into his mouth, which I think really was just the final thing that should solidify his reassignment to the Hungry Tribe when we finally do that simulation. That was all good, <laughs> and it outweighed the negative of just being very concerned for Kate's well-being. It's super suspect. And it's just sad. I wonder if Gordo should have recognized some of these people from his one day in high school. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I always love moments where, you know, the character who has been typed the villain is humanized and you kind of get a glimpse into their world. And because every, ev everything comes from something, you know, in terms of like why Kate behaves the way she does. But I wasn't satisfied with what we got no me either um it was just like it was trying to do something but like yes we are concerned for kate but like it didn't push it far enough or really even explain much of anything at all no not so really that was disappointing a wasted opportunity marissa do you want to talk about I mean, I was going to say outfits, but it's really just this acapella group outfit that I want to talk about. <laughs> sure, let's talk about it. I mean, it looks like they've they've got custom shirts made out, and I can't, it's hard to see what it says, but I believe it says, The Kate, The Party. I think that's what it says, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, why it's does- It's so funny. Why does it say The Kate? That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny. It's like these baseball t-shirts that the entire acapella group is wearing. I saw one Union Jack. Do you know where it was? It was Miranda Slippers, right? Yeah, it was. Good eye. I'm always on the lookout. There's always one. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one. Yeah. What do we think of the pre-party outfits versus the party outfits? Is this the pre-party? Hold on. Now I'm messing myself up. Lizzie, um, this is not the first time where it appears that Lizzie is wearing a do-rag. I mean, both or she, of their... Or she, she's, she wears 
a scarf on her head and fashions it in a way that very much looks like a do-rag. Yeah. I mean, she and uh, Miranda both in this scene. Miranda's got, like, the... She's just got a shirt that says rock um, with, like, a tiger print. It's very, very bright, bold choices. But, no, what I really want to talk about is Steve, (laughs) a.k.a. a.k.a. Zachary Quinto, because... You know, this is just your quintessential director here. These are some fierce side bangs, and what a thumb ring. I know. That that deep side part, that was like my eighth grade look. You know, he kind of looks like Pete Wentz. He does. <laughs> um, yeah, rocking the eyeliner, the whole thing. I mean, being a director is mostly just the look anyways. Yeah, that's true. Oh, so this is the pre-party look you were referring to? Pre-party look is fine. Pre-party look just looks like their regular outfits, things that they would regularly wear. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just talking about, like, the distinction between, like, what is what makes a party look? What makes a look a party look? Does Gordo even have a party look? His party, <laughs> his party look is kind of the same as his other look. I guess it's lipstick. Lipstick is a party look. Yeah, it it does just seem to be more makeup and more intention with the hair too, right? Like Miranda's hair is very, she straightens her hair, Lizzie curls her hair, um, but the outfits look pretty standard. Got a great freeze frame on Matt here and his cardio punch outfit. Nice. I guess I don't really understand what the point of this ad ever was because they're going to climb the, they're going to climb the rock wall, go get the cardio punch on the top and then drink it. You'd think that cardio punch would be more suited to like one of those Gatorade commercials where they're just sweating out the drink itself. You would think like, why do they want an 11 year old child to be the spokesperson? Like the whole premise seems a little flawed when you think about it. And why, who, whoever was like, you know, who really represents the idea, the concept of cardio? It's Robert Carradine, Sam McGuire. He just looks like someone who is engaged in cardio. I mean, doesn't he, though? <laughs> does, does he? I mean, That's a little presumptuous to say. Don't, don't, don't be a Zachary Quinto. Excuse me. I have the receipts. I saw the celebrity wife swap. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him switch places with Terrell Owens. Yeah, Robert Carradine does not work out. <laughs> What's, what is Kate's party outfit? Well, Kate's party outfit was pretty benign. Cousin Amy... Do you like how she has the A necklace? The A necklace and the... It should be a CA the... necklace. <laughs> <laughs> and the classic um, shirt with like no shoulders, like the shoulders are cut out. Yeah, that just looks like something Kate would wear to school. She even looks like a suburban mom on her birthday. I think that's a wrap on the outfits. Let's talk MVP. Let's talk MVP. Whose turn is it to go first? I believe it's your turn to go first. I feel like there are a lot of contenders for this MVP. You know, it's been a while. I think it's time. I think she deserves it. I'm going to give my MVP to Lizzie McGuire in this episode. Really? I am. Obviously, the whole reason she was at the party was because she lied to her mom, which isn't great. But I mean, it's very 14-year-old teenager so we'll let that slide. Um, but more importantly is what happens when she is at the party. And I liked what I saw. You know, she recognized immediately that this was so beyond what she was ready for. She had plans to leave, but saw that 
you know, Kate was really upset and struggling and knew that she just couldn't leave her alone. And she did the, you know, she did the hard thing and she called her mom. And I think that even if she, I think it was almost wishful thinking that she wouldn't get in trouble. Deep down, she probably knew she was going to get in trouble, but she still made that choice because it was the right thing to do. It's a Lizzie episode for me. I hear where you're coming from, but I cannot in good conscience give it to Lizzie McGuire in this episode. Um, Honorable mention to Zachary Quinto, who, as I've mentioned several times now, just stellar performance. And the fact that, you know, this is one of his first roles ever, exemplary. But the MVP of this episode is by far Matt McGuire, which does make this the second episode in which I have given an MVP to um, Matt McGuire. But, you know, Matt McGuire, he makes that really, really impressive speech about, you know, not disparaging his his dad. That just really hit me. Uh, I thought he did a very good job. That's that that really is what saves the commercial. Sam can't get a job. Matt's out here just getting jobs for the both of them. So Matt McGuire, congratulations. You are my MVP for episode uh two eighteen. Now I forget what the episode was even called. Party, Party up in over here. here. Oh <laughs> Party <laughs> Yeah. Cool. I I knew you were going to give it to Matt, and it's well deserved. So I just thought I would. It is. Matt's had two two really strong episodes back to back. I think that this episode is a wrap. I think we did what we needed to do. I think we said what we needed to said. Said we we said what we needed to said. (laughs) Oh, you're gonna keep that. Yes, I am. We we (laughs) did said all that we needed to say. (laughs) We said what we needed to say another fun episode in the books okay so that's a wrap on season two episode 18 party over here as always you can follow us on twitter at outfit repeat pod or email us at outfit repeaters podcast at gmail.com i certainly have had a ton of fun rediscovering play in the week since our last listener email so we appreciate those as always, this episode will be uploaded to our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash Outfit Repeaters. It'll also be available on any platform where podcasts are available. And coming up here at Paginated Media on Thursdays, uh, we release weekly episodes of Crowning Around, in which myself, Ivan Vukovic, and Carlin Greenwald discuss the events of the Netflix series The Crown. And then, you know, Tuesdays, Uh, We'll be back once again next week with another episode of The Outfit Repeaters. Yes, we will. Stay tuned for season two, episode 19. She said, he said, she said. Is Miranda going to be in this one? I'm not sure. We'll find out. Okay. We don't need another he said, she said. (laughs) 